Hello there. Science fiction is an existential metaphor. It allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Isaac Asimov once said, individual science fiction stories may seem as trivial as ever to the blinder critics and philosophers of today. But the core of science fiction, its essence has become crucial to our salvation. Tell me how many lights you see. There are four lights! So this is how liberty dies. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And good evening, I am Miles P. McLaughlin. I'm Chrissy Raffensperger. And I'm Dave Sellers. And we have with us a very special guest, Tyler Lloyd, who will be joining us tonight from the comfort of his own home. And welcome, Tyler. Hey, guys. How you doing? Yeah. So, uh, Dave and I are Tyler because we have to. He unfortunately Tyler has to work with us poor schmucks and uh, put up with us. But, but Tyler, we're glad that you can join us here just to talk about primarily to talk about the Patterson Cup, but then also to talk about should we reboot Star Wars, which is a conversation we began the last show. And um, I think uh, Tyler uh, Tyler's going to have a little bit different opinion than uh, many of you were sharing last time so i'm looking forward to that as well so and i mean hey you know at least there'll be someone right in the room but um <laughs> but uh all right so uh why don't we head into talking a little bit about what's going on in our uh, sci-fi world things that we're watching and uh reading or listening to and we'll go from there and uh dave why don't we start with you what's going on in your science fiction world not a whole lot um, this time of year is very, very busy, but I've been rewatching Star Wars Rebels in my spare time, and I started, literally just started a, uh, audiobook about the Orville called Sympathy for the Devil. I'm looking very much, very forward to finishing that one, getting some, a little bit more, Bonus Orville in my life now that season three is beautifully concluded and hoping for an announcement for a season four. So it's on Disney Plus now. So stream it away, get those numbers up, and we can get a fourth season, hopefully. And watch the Patterson cut of Obi Wan, which I cannot wait to talk about. Awesome. Awesome. As far as the audiobook of the Orville, is um, any of the cast reading, reading it or have a just uh, somebody who's not part of the cast reading it. Well, that depends on how you want to define part of the cast. Um, the individual who is reading this was part of the season three cast. Uh, sci-fi fans certainly know Bruce Boxleitner. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Babylon 5 fame and uh, the president, the union president in the Orville. Uh, he's got a good voice for it. I only heard him through the opening prologue, start of the prologue so far. So not too deep into it, but I'm looking forward to that. Very good. But it's not some nobody who is a voice you can't stand because that just kind of ruins the an audio book. Yep. Very good. Chrissy, how about you? What's going on in your sci-fi world? Oh, well, there is 
lots of, actually lots of books lately other than Kenobi, which obviously I, I watched. I did my homework this time. Yes. It was good. Did my homework. Um, I read Gardens of the Moon by Steven Erickson, which is a glorious mess of a book. I have, I have literally, it was an experience. I'm very much convinced that you need to be like drunk to read it because like it, I have I have never seen such a plot character I I don't know what I have never needed to go back so many times when I was like reading and then it jumps and I'm like wait a minute because I'm reading it on my Kindle so I just assumed that I, I must have skipped accidentally when I hit the page, but no, no, we really did just jump to a completely different scene and a different person. And I, and I'm like, well, who's the main character and what do they want and where are we going? But there is no main character. There is no motivation ever explained. It's just a bunch of events that happen. And then there's a big epic fight at the end and you're going, okay, this happened. And then you close the book and you go, all right, stuff happened. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it doesn't sound like Malazan, my type of novel. <laughs> Malazan, Book of the Fallen, book one is an absolute glorious mess. I keep hearing everyone like losing their mind over the series. So I don't know. Dear God, please tell me book two is not this this way because I can't. Oh, I can't. I literally, I don't. Tyler, you read the series? I don't have enough alcohol in my house for this. And the names, like Whiskey Jack, and then there's Tattersail, and I'm like, are these call signs? Are these actual names? A woman goes around by the name of Sorry for like half the book, and then people die, but then they don't die. And so when someone actually dies, I'm going, I don't know if they're actually dead or if I should care. Like. So, and then, like, the place names are all over the place, which I totally get. I understand place. I mean, I live in Lancaster County next to the Susquehanna River. I mean, come on. You got a British name and a Native American name. So, yeah, sure, we could have something that sounds like out of the Middle East, out of something Stan, next to some place called Warry Town. But at the same time, guys, like, it felt like they just threw names and words in a hat and just drew them out and said, okay, this is what we're naming this character, because I don't know. Um, so yeah, Malazan book, the following book one, glorious mess, go read it, I guess. Um, then we went back to normal books, <laughs> Golden Age by James Maxwell, um, Cloud Atlas by David Mitchell, which also has a slightly different plot progression. Very good, though. Not a glorious mess. Um, and then just for kicks and giggles, 1980s or 70s science fiction cannot go wrong with Battlefield Earth, L. Ron Hubbard, because, I mean, you just felt like it was back in the 80s. It's, it's another kind of glorious mess, but not in the same vein. Um, then A Darker Shade of Magic by V. Schaub, I believe is how you say the last name. Um, good start of the trilogy, although at that point when I started reading that book... My bar was very low because I had just come off of two books I tried to start and could not get beyond. One was clearly tricked me into thinking that this was a romance book. And then there was a lot of scenes that I was like, nope, not reading that. Thank you very much. Um, that must have been Sarah J. Moss. No, yeah. no, it was it was a touch of darkness and it was supposed to be a Hades and Persephone. And I usually love 
re- like retelling of mythology stuff, but we just like right in the middle of the book, we just like jump in each other's pants. I'm like, let okay, moving on. I'm I'm not in the mood. Let's let's go. Um, and then the rest of London by then. I just I don't need like I don't want to read about that. Like just just you know just like do the classic Star Trek things. Boots on, fade. Open up boots back on, you know? Like, just yeah. just imply it. I don't need whatever that was. Um, yeah. I'm, Didn't feel maybe like I'm a prude. Who knows? Yeah. Um, Tell show. <laughs> <laughs> and then Rivers of London by Ben Aravonich. And then I decided to go way classic and read A Wizard of Earthsea by Ursa K. Legroom? Legroom? Gwyn. It's a French thing. I don't speak French. Sorry. Right. So yeah, very good, very good. Well, Tyler, you've read that book that was you read the book that was a happy mess for her, I assume. Uh, yeah, I read the first. I think I read the first one. <laughs> I don't know that I made it. So I made it a quarter of the way through the first time, and then I finished it the second attempt. So the and I I could be wrong about this, but if I recall correctly, the reason why it's nuts is because it started as a guy writing a campaign setting, and as he wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote, he realized, oh, this will work better as a novel. Uh, so what it he actually really means, doesn't work as a novel. <laughs> but imagine what it was before. But it's kind of, that's kind of why like it doesn't have a traditional character plot structure as we would expect in your typical novel. There are, um, there are people and they do things. There are, yeah, just like in a campaign setting, there are interesting characters doing interesting things in interesting places. It's kind of what you get in Malazan. It's just like, like there are kind of five main characters who run through a lot of the books. But it's mostly just like you exploring this really interesting setting and this really interesting stuff that's happening in it. I love its magic system where you like open up warrens into extra dimensional locations. It's yeah. it its power. It's really cool. Yeah, there there were definitely like I was like warrens are like are there like magical yeah. rabbits that we're stealing their power from? Yeah, like- it's awesome. It's great. And Whiskey Jack is awesome. Our little puppet and there wizard. Was, like, yeah, like first, like, and then I'm like, wait, is this puppet like on their side? But no, that he became like a sort psychopathic of. puppet. And he was like, always a psycho before he was a puppet. Then he died and was put inside a puppet, and he's still a psycho. So that's kind of much, they're all psychotic. That's like the in their first way, like, so I don't you know, know. You, guys, by the way, that's like the first hundred pages of the book. You guys are just, you guys are like, really making like Dave want to read this book. I, so I can see it on his face. He's like. <laughs> I gotta read. This is next to my reading list right here. Freaking nerds! This is beautiful. <laughs> I love it. Need a lot stronger drink than your Bud Light. I'm just. Oh that. no! Like, <laughs> Get about eight deep, but I'm good. <laughs> oh my, Miles, what's going on in your sci-fi world? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, there's not a lot of new stuff. Um, there was a Catwoman animated movie on HBO Max. Um, there are some familiar voices from some of the shows we love that uh, provided their voice talents on there. Uh, the last episode, the Orville, I've uh, finally, because I've heard you guys talk about how great the John Wick movies are. Uh, I've seen one and two <coughs> so far, and I'll plan on seeing three. Uh, watch Jack Reacher. I'm reading um, a book by Douglas E. Richards called The Enigma Cube. There's at least that book and another book in that series. And um, just uh, in the event that um, the company that puts out Star Trek novels ever brings back 
they, they used to do a thing where uh, fans or amateur writers could submit stories. I never did. I wish I did, but um, I've actually one, wrote one story for it, and I had another idea for another story, and I started working on that. So, oh, good. Uh, cool. So I'm dab, dabbling, you know, I, you know, dabbling in little writing. Um, I don't expect to ever see get published, but um, – I, I don't know. I just had an idea and I thought, you know, let me just start typing and see what happens. And so that sounds good. And I, and, uh, you know, I got a little story going there. Good, good, good. good. Yeah. You mentioned Catwoman. I saw they bailed on the Batgirl, the Batwoman movie. Yeah, what's yeah. Nine, nine, 90, 000, 90 million in. They said, you know what? Let's cut our losses, take the tax break, and we're good. Did they, why couldn't they just release it on streaming and just let it go? That they would, couldn't get the tax break if they did that, and they they uh, I guess they thought they were going to lose money on it. Period. Yeah. All I got is it, it must really suck. <laughs> They've released other stuff that really sucks. So let's. Uh, they, they have. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so the bar must have been like really low, and then it couldn't even clear that bar because we've seen some of the stuff that they pushed out. And right. Right. But it's a new CEO, so like his, he's trying to like kind of rebrand in a, to a degree and reestablish DC. So I think his thinking is, we're not putting out bad things anymore. So you know, uh, see how it goes. That, what a new and novel idea! It's, it's crazy. Only, it's it's, it's <laughs> only some people, yeah. Disney, with Star Wars, would do this crazy idea. Facts. They just need to get Patterson in to do it. We'll be good. <laughs> you know what? I think that is something you and I can agree on. All right. Uh, Mr. Lloyd, Tyler Lloyd, tell us a little bit. What's going on in your science fiction world? Uh, so I just finished up Netflix as a Sandman uh, a few days ago. Oh, yeah. really enjoyed that. Um, I read the comics, all, the whole run, and a lot of the spinoff stuff when I was younger. Um, and they made a lot of changes, but uh, kind of in theme with what we'll be discussing later, I like those changes. Um, I can appreciate it's another form, and I get to still enjoy the comics if I want to read them, but uh, I, I appreciated this for what it was. Um, I also started in on, so I'm, I'm in the Warhammer 40K a lot. I started in on a series of Black Library novels about uh, the Night Lords, um, and it's it's very well written. A lot of the stuff uh, that they put out is like schlock, but like some of it's like legitimately literature. Like it's, it's just really beautiful and well done, so I'm, I've been enjoying that. Good. Good. I uh, watched another episode or two of the Orville and uh, watched a few episodes of Lower Decks. Didn't get that far, but did watch a few. Uh, Keith and I watched because I'd never watched him. So we watched the first. Um, uh, what's the name of the new guy that plays Spider-Man? Tom. No, ha Tom Holland. So. Um, oh, I was right. You were right. But I know you should be. So I, what we watched the first <laughs> one a while ago, but we never watched like far from home or whatever the, the, the third and the fourth one, uh, the, the second and the third one. And uh, so we watched those and um, really enjoyed them. They were really fantastic, especially the last one where they brought in all the old villains and all the alternate universe stuff. And that was kind of cool. Um, cool. Yeah, and I and my favorite line from the movie is "Please, Scooby Doo, this shit," or whatever it was. <laughs> uh, I was like, it was like fantastic. So watch that. I, I, I guess we did we meet since I, we watched Love and uh, uh, Love and Thunder, but I did love that. We watched that in the theaters. I really enjoyed that. 
Um, I'm reading the Princess Something or Other by Jim Butcher. It's the uh, fifth or sixth book in the series, the fantasy series that I've been reading. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's it. That's uh, I think that's my sci-fi world pretty well. And uh, yeah, it keeps us going. Well, speaking of Tom Holland, I forgot to. I we watched the uh, the movie with him and uh, yeah, uh, with, with Uncharted. Um, Yes, um, oh, uh, Mark, yeah, Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Awesome. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, yeah. great. That's, movie. It was enjoyable. It was enjoyable. That's, that's all I could think of when I saw the trailer. Was that it looked like Indiana Jones? Yeah. Great video game it series was. too. If you've never played it, well, I have not. But I'll put it on the list. I didn't realize it was based on a video game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Wow, a movie that's based on a video game that doesn't suck. Yeah. <laughs> that is rare. <laughs> I felt I, 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 I felt the beginning. Well, the only thing good about that was a rock. So, yeah. The uh, <laughs> come on. And, and, I'm trying to think of another g- movie based off a video game that actually works. Well, World of Warcraft. Uh, Mario kidding. Brothers. Mario <laughs> Brothers. Dude, I love that movie. Mario Brothers. I don't think I've ever seen it. You never again, saw like, it? I haven't seen the Mario Brothers. Okay, I have the DVD. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's an experience. Okay, so what I just heard was somehow I'm going to have a movie night with you guys and I'm going to watch this. Okay. Apparently. It is beautiful. Dave, I didn't know that you liked that movie. Whenever I pass in the hall from now on, I'm just going to go, Plumber Alert. <laughs> <laughs> plumber Alert. It's my fa- I, I had that in my head for like a week. Basically. Well, what we need to do alert. is we need to stream it <laughs> and all be on and do like a mystery science theater type of reaction. Sure. It's a beautiful film. You know what, though? Like, I think that that kind of a film would completely work because what is the plot of Mario? Uh, plumbers. You've got uh, plumbers. Causing problems for Bowser. Exactly. Trying to rescue the princess. So you've got such a loose plot to work with. You can just make it do whatever you want. Whereas in these other video game movies, you, you really have to, like, stick with all this convoluted stuff that goes on. I. If I'm not mistaken, it's before Bowser became Bowser. It was still Koopa. Oh, was oh. it? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. I still think they should make Bowser a canon, <laughs> but that's just me. <laughs> oh, it's man. So many tangents. I'm sorry, guys. It is. Yeah, yeah, there we go. There we go. Well, let's talk about something that's not a video game movie, and that is our homework for this week was watching the patterson cut and so if you did not listen to the last podcast we talked about this a little bit uh a guy i forget his first name but a guy by the name of patterson kai. what was it kai. kai kai so kai patterson K-A-I. um had uh so we of course had obi-wan six episodes uh about six hours of obi-wan that we got to kind of experience that disney dropped in may and june uh and this guy said you know what I can make this into an hour and a half movie uh, or two hour, two hours and a half movie and cut out all the fluff. And I'm going to make this a better Obi-Wan experience. And uh, so that's what we watched this supposedly better Obi-Wan experience. So, uh, and did my ears deceive me or did he do something slightly different with the score at certain points? Okay. Because, because there was definitely times when I was like, that, that was not the music that I remember. with this scene and this music works a lot better. Like I'm having a very different emotional experience right now. Like people underestimate how important music is when setting a scene in a movie. Yeah. 
So that's kind of where I wanted to start was I, I think like, you know, you you could debate whether or not something a scene should be included or not, but the transformative nature of the score that he uses, how he brings back more of the Star Wars score, he uses like references to John Williams' original stuff. Um, for the final duel between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader, he brings in like the the tunes from their actual final yes. fight from the prequels. Like that's what should have been there. Yes. <laughs> and yes. It's, it's Star Wars. Its music is arguably the most iconic part of it, aside from a lightsaber. Right. So yes. like it should have been running throughout. And and I didn't realize how much I missed it until I watched this, the Patterson cut. And I was like, oh my God, I really miss this. This music is great. Everything was heavy and like epic. And it, ah, yeah, I loved it. Yes. I'm so glad you noticed yes. it. Yeah, no, that was that was probably the biggest thing that I noticed was the score. Like, and I think I really, when I first, I really noticed it consciously when they had the first scene with Princess Leia in the tree, and I was like, I'm having a very different reaction to her right now than I did. I was like, what's going on? What's different? This is not the music that I remember from the other scene, and. Now, did you watch the whole thing in its originality before this? I watched everything but the last two episodes. Well, I got partway through the last, the last, second to last episode, but then I kept getting bored and going back to, like, I kept picking up my Kindle and being like, I would actually much rather, and that is how I know it sucks, because when you can get me to go read a different book than watching Star Wars, and it wasn't even necessarily, like, one of my favorite books that I've read, I mean... Look, I've broken days. You all can't see this, but he's like his his head is in his hands. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. But it's not my fault if Disney is boring me. <laughs> like, if you're gonna seriously, like, I'm just I'm sitting here going. I'm so what, so we just we things. should we should hand the reins to Patterson and be done with it. Let him let him edit the thing, and uh, we'll have a better experience at it. That. So, yeah. oh, Go, go ahead, Tyler. <laughs> well, so I think like the the reason. I mean, first of all, you're kind of speaking to the idea that like this was supposed to be a movie, right? So they stretched it out because Disney Plus has its requirements. There's some group of people whose like KPIs require them to have a certain amount of episodes released across a certain amount of time, and like. They're just like, yeah, you have to fill this quota or you can't have too many episodes because there's a different quota that needs to be met. And so, like, we're just ending up with these shows. You know, um, I'm reminded of the boys, actually. Eric Kripke, like, has a quote out about where he talks about how he cut his teeth in network programming. And, like, you got to tell a story in every episode. And every episode has to have getting middle and end and a satisfying thematic uh, and character conclusion. And, like, that's not these streaming stories anymore where we've just got a bunch of stuff in the middle, like a great hook, great start, lots of promising beginnings, great ending, lots of conclusion there, and then something happened in the middle. I don't know. (laughs) And that's like, that's unfortunately increasingly, I think what we're seeing with Disney, where like there's two or three great ideas and then a lot of some other show that they shoved in because they had to meet a requirement that some producer or executive set. I think, I think really that's why you're bored sh- by Kenobi. Which is really a shame because part of the beauty of streaming is the idea that 
you should, in theory, be able to tell as a story in as, as many episodes as you need or as few as episodes as you need. And you know what? You don't even need to stick to, like, the 20-minute, 30 like the Because, you know, in television yield olden days of that where you had like an hour to fill plus so many minutes of commercials you know i watch old anime and it's always like 23 22 minutes because you had the rest of the half hour had to be commercials you know like yeah now you don't have that you should have freedom yeah you really noticed that kind of a jump with the orville this last season this is the first time, the first season that streamed exclusively on Hulu rather than being on Fox and then being able to watch it wherever else. All of your episodes blew that 45 minute time slot away and everything was an hour or longer. And the stories were so much better. They, they did start it and wrap it up, but you still had the overarching themes throughout the, throughout the season. But yeah, they did. They did the same, almost the opposite way there. That from what Obi Wan did, where you're getting, they weren't limited to that network style time frame, and actually were able to do a lot more with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if I'm watching something like some series on like YouTube, it's a hundred percent like they tell a story, and it doesn't matter. Like sometimes it might take. 15 minutes sometimes it takes 20 and you know these short little animated episodes they're fine like it's great well so for disney it's got this schedule right i remember when we were heading into summer i looked like disney had this calendar where i'm gonna get to watch i think it was like moon knight and then i'm gonna get to watch kenobi and then i'm gonna get to watch um correct me if i'm wrong on the schedule but then it's miss marvel and then it's She-Hulk. And I, I think uh, Mando Baby, was in there somewhere. And Baby Groot. And ba- Baby Groot's <laughs> around there. But, like, they have a schedule. So the idea is, like, there's always a new thing for you to watch, right? So that's their, like, plan. But unfortunately, you end up with Kenobi then, where the creators conceived of a film. And then were asked to double it. Really? and And that's just nuts <laughs> like now it's just like all right come up with more there's a great like homage to unforgiven inside this movie right or inside this show and that's what patterson tried to bring out uh minus the like crazy psychopath whiskey scene at the end um yeah. which i would have actually liked but uh, i guess we're not getting that out of obi-wan um <laughs> but there, like there's such a cool movie and that's what patterson brings out because it opens on just obi-wan miserable and alone that's basically our prelude Right. Um, which I like, how does Kenobi start? How does the original series start? What are our opening scenes? Does anyone remember? Cause as I was watching Patterson, I'm like, wait a second, how does the series begin? I don't think it's the same. Is it? It's, yeah. 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 I, th- I, I thought yeah. the beginning was pretty close. Obi-Wan is in the, in the hovel in the cave and then go into the, he's meat cutting, room. he's cutting fish. And <laughs> yeah. Do we get What's the hovel in the beginning of the Patterson cut, or is he just working out in the desert at the site? Patterson cut, he's just working on the, you know, yeah, yeah. butcher. The, fir- the first time we see him, he's he's doing that, which I think is interesting, right? First of all, we don't get the repetition on that, right? It's it, like we're going forward, but we just need to know he is alone and miserable. That's what. That's all we need to know. We don't need all this stuff where he like apparently really cares about his like horse. <laughs> like it's right. not, you know, that's not driving home the theme or the point of the character at this point. Um, well, I mean, it kind of was already, like, 
normally, again, like, it's, like, drawing you in, and this time, I'm just, like, checking my watch, like, how, how long is this episode? What am I doing? There are so many other things I could be doing right now. Like, I should not Where's be saying that about Star Wars. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I no. felt like the Patterson cut hit the, certainly hit the highlights and the the stuff with the, the Vader relationship with much more focused, the whole PTSD that he's dealing with that continued to be accented and thrown out and him coming to the realization that having to kind of, you know, deal with this um, really, really worked. And I think it that, made it more character focused. Yes. I think that's what I yes, liked it. It did. But- You'll notice a theme with me is I really like character focused yeah. books, movies. That's what I'm there for. And I think I was telling Tyler, or maybe I was telling you, Dave, I really like the fact that when they kill the enforcer and inquisitor, she stays dead. She doesn't yeah. come back at the end, like suddenly, like, oh, there's Luke. He almost, you know, no, we did no, that's that's out. That's not there. That's not addressed. And yeah, we didn't really. That's not with Luke. No, oh, sorry. I was going to say we didn't really need that th- that last thing with Luke. No, we didn't. No. And it's not. Was that the I episode like I totally just skipped? And yes, didn't even yes, watch. absolutely. Yeah, you, you didn't miss well, anything. Which Patterson skips it too. So yeah, <laughs> good because that sounds awful. Like what? What even went on with that? Just give me a brief synopsis. Ruin it for everybody. It's fine. So Reva basically, through sheer plot stupidity finds out where Luke is and figures out that Luke and Leia are Vader's children and goes to kill Luke because this is her last revenge against Vader since she can't kill Vader herself because she fails to do that. And then she gets there and, oh God, like Obi-Wan's coming back from having won the duel with Vader and then senses that Luke is in danger and flies straight to them and then like manages, it's like the time, it's dragging across Westeros level silliness. Um, Like and manages to save Luke, and Reva redeems herself. Right, right. Force, and force, pretty much force. And And Vader is not able to figure this out. Don't worry about Vader. He's gone now. He's not in the story. So both of his children were on the Death Star in episode four. Well, now now we're getting into plot holes, which could be addressed in a reboot of the original. (laughs) (laughs) Nice segue. Uh, but before we before we segue into that, um, was, there, was there anything else in particular about the Patterson cut that you felt that Patterson did? A, we mentioned the music, and that obviously tied everything together beautifully. Uh, we mentioned you know trimming the fat out of the episodes that didn't need to be there, like literally like almost three and a half hours of fat trimmed out of the episodes that were just aren't missing. Um, was there anything else that really stood out to you as being? Um, could he have done more? Could he have trimmed even more out and we wouldn't have missed? I'm glad he preserved the... Um, th- this series gave the Empire its teeth. Mm. It made them scary. Yeah. I, I had overtones of... May- maybe there's just me. Maybe I'm just... Um, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Reading more into it than is there, but just... I don't know the um, the Nazis going into a town looking for people hiding Jews, mm-hmm. and maybe the Jedi were, were a, a metaphor 
or an allegory of, of, of the Jews, but that's the vibe I had. I had the vibe that the stormtroopers were like the SS and um, Vader was one of Hitler's generals or whatever. I mean, that's one thing I thought the, the series the first time gave, gave me. And I, and I think Patterson preserved it. Yeah, um, absolutely. He made, he made, he made the, the, the stormtroopers scary. He made Vader very scary and powerful. Don't take the scene where Vader catches the starship and then starts ripping apart with the force. Uh, you know, so he preserved that, which I'm happy. I, th- I think that makes Vader look so badass. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. so what you're saying is that Tyler can now use this when he teaches night as a parallel text. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll just let them watch Kenobi. Um, so I, I really, on that note, like, he kept a lot of hating Christians and stuff. And I felt like this was redemption for Christensen as, um, yes. Skywalker. Oh, absolutely. His delivery of lines. Like when he screams, no. Obi-Wan. No, <laughs> God. when he screams, Obi-Wan's name, right. When he's delivering that monologue at the end, um, his, just his use of his face in those few back to tank scenes. I really appreciated him in that role. And, and honest, and Oh, and the duel is amazing. Um, and, and really, all it made me think was, I want more Hayden Christensen in this role. Like, strangely, he I, he was so maligned when the prequels came out. Um, and it just further reinforces, like, they had a great cast. That wasn't the problem. Um, and I, I just loved everything. Natalie and Ian, and they couldn't make it work, okay? Yeah. Like, come on. I know. Pod racing. How do you not make pod racing? So, and um, M's not here to... Um, uh, M created this test in, in certain movies and TV shows. It, how if something how bad something is if it has a Padme moment. And M, I'm giving you credit for this. This is you know. So if we're going to talk about Anakin, Natalie, you're breaking Padme, my heart. You know, there's no Padme moments in this. No, no definitely not. Not at all. Yeah, like someone should have taken the script for episodes one, two, and three from George. But like, no, no, no. We're, we're, we're going to fix these. <laughs> they do cut out a lot of the elements that maybe are a little more childish with Patterson's cut. Um, when we think about like the focus on Leia that we get, I think we get what matters with her. Right. But yes, it, the focus is kept on Obi-Wan, right? I do feel like we, in the original Kenobi, Leia's plot is much more fleshed out. We get a lot more time with her. But I don't know that she's as important when we think about like, a series titled Kenobi. Well, um, like it, the point is, here. I think that the uh, what we do get in it, we still get the petulance that comes through Leia. That's so yeah. beautiful. That's so that's so beautiful, Leia Organa, mm-hmm. right? The uh, that Carrie Fisher captures so well. You get to you yeah. still see that, which I think was the thing that really made her so endearing. But we, mm-hmm. you're right, we don't get some of the fluff with mm-hmm. her. But again, as you said, the series called Kenobi is not called Leia, so. And, it felt uh, like a lot of the Leia stuff was added to fill that out. I mean, yeah. I love that he cut the scene where she manages to outrun those bounty hunters for like a while. Yeah. <laughs> in the most insane chase scene I've seen in 2022. Yeah. Uh, it was just. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was a good cut. Yeah. Good cut. Yeah. Yeah. Well, any other thoughts on the Patterson cut? Uh, my only criticism, and I don't think it's really a him thing, it's just there are certain points where it was definitely like, 
if this had just been in a movie and you hadn't seen the original episodes, you'd be like, I'm not exactly, like, I'm a little lost right now because there were some parts and scenes that got cut that explained like who this person was and why they are suddenly contacting Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like the Jedi in the beginning and in, in particular, yeah, it was a little confusing, but he changes the order with that guy. I don't his name's like Kai or something. And yeah, he changed, Patterson changes the order of events with him. Right. So it's a little like confused about why stuff is happening. They also have that thing where like uh, Leia's dad is telling her to apologize for something. You never see her dress down her cousins. So it's just like, apologize for what? <laughs> like, why right. is the problem? Just... So it's yeah, weird. So there, yeah. But at the same time, it's kind of like, well, how could you have cut that? kind of almost any other way right like and still preserve the rest of the scene that you needed to preserve so i'm like eh, that's probably by the problems of kenobi like to a degree you can't just go film another movie right 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 if if he had been brought on to do a proper reshoot he like a proper film cut he probably would have shot a couple things and gotten rid of some of those lines but you know what kudos for doing what he did with what he had it was beautifully done Editing. Well, he is really he did actually create a scene in Blender and add it in. Did you catch that? No, I did. So when uh, Vader tells the stormtrooper, "Not yet," um, that's entirely added by Patterson. He built it in Blender and then inserts am, it in. Yeah. Well, wow. I watch people do but things in Blender, and I understand why Vader doesn't just go kill. Like doesn't keep pursuing Obi Wan. Well, no, Vader's waiting for the moment, right? He he knows his moment is coming, right. um, which increases the menace, right? So, right, he does do some stuff, but I can't imagine the amount of time that Blender work would have taken. Like that's <laughs> that's weeks, right? There. <laughs> that, that is that is, and I mean that the cut impressive. the cut. I mean, this cut came out what a month after the series ended. It's not like he put a ton of time. Did he yeah. not sleep for a month? Or does he like <laughs> up at night being like, I cannot be in a world where this cut does not exist. I will be on Red Bull from I, now I am surprised. I am surprised that Disney did not give him, hey, you can't be airing this on your site type of a slap. But I guess he's not charging for it. I don't know. I don't I don't know what the he's, lines are. He's not, and I don't and I don't think he's advertising it really anywhere, so no, I mean, they could not. threaten him, but he'd probably win. But then the question is, do you have the legal, do you have the money for that? Do you know right, what I mean? To right, like, right. Yeah. That's what a lot of, a lot of companies do. Yeah. The only problem I had with it was the actual viewing. My browser would keep kicking me off of it every 15, 20 minutes, if that. And I'd have to remember where my timestamp was. Yeah. I start it. Go back in. And what browser were you using? Because I didn't have that problem at all. I didn't bother me at all. Oh, I think I watched it on Firefox, so maybe that's the yeah. difference. That's probably. I watched problem. it on Netscape. It worked fine. Netscape. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Do time to watch Tyler's this? Tyler's like, what's Netscape? Never even heard of that. No. Oh no, I. Hey, well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I don't know what Netscape is. Come on. Oh, I know. Um yeah, so well, you know, since we have, you know, I think what this movie really shows is that we have Obi-Wan, we have Hades and Kristen doing a phenomenal job in the roles that they were cast in. 
And it makes perfect sense that now it's time for us to do a reboot of the originals trilogy. <laughs> it just does. Because As they're aging into the role, we'll be able they, to have. I know. Exactly. <laughs> that's my point. So we, we did hear from some of these people the last time, but Tyler, I would love to hear your point of view as to why you think this series should be rebooted. All right. Well, I mean, let me quote the series itself. Um, let the past die. Kill it if you have to. That's the only way to become what you were meant to be. Uh, R.I.P. Kylo Ren. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> and it is that crap that should be the only one I want to reboot is uh, the last yeah. three that were made. The Those sequels were rough, but um, so okay, rough. the The original trilogy, I, I don't know. So for Dave, I, as Dave is already entering an apoplectic fit, he's he's preparing himself. He's getting out the belt to bite. Uh, it's gonna. <laughs> I, I'm a very. I'm more excited to sit here and hear you say this because so, I have a feeling. Just because I know you as well as I do, yeah. I'm going to sit here after your, your 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 dissertation and go, God damn it, Tyler! And you're going to make a, a, a somewhat of a believer out of me with some points. All right, but I'm very anxious to hear. We'll this. see if you can hear so, me. Well, this will be the test. Jesus. <laughs> so clearly, like this movie is over. Like it, it's it's going to be closing in on 50 years soon enough, right? Like it's 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 getting there. Um, and the scripts from those movies have some problems. And, and as they keep generating content, we're running into these plot holes and these problems that are difficult to resolve. And part of it's just the very nature of when Lucas made the original films, right? He was, you know, writing these movies at a time when you didn't have people just conceive of like a nine movie trilogy with spinoffs, like one movie at a time. And you end up with, you know, kissing your sister and all manner of other nuttiness, right? Um, that they then patch after the fact with all kinds of other stuff and all of this. The that actually happens stuff. surprisingly more often than you would think. Oh, uh, maybe <laughs> Lucas started to trend. Um, yeah, yeah. So. No, no, the, he, he didn't. But anyways, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> so... I, I think that, first of all, you can still have that original original trilogy and the experience you had watching it originally, but when you look at the quality of the special effects in it, when you look at the the acting that was done in it, which was an older style of acting in, in a lot of times, the uh, costuming, the sets, um, the choreography, like the combat. I mean, I'm sure you've seen that, um, I forget what it's called, but it's the redone version of the duel between Vader and Obi-Wan. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. That's wonderful. That's not what happens in the movie. It's two old men kind of just standing there talking to each other for a while, but occasionally bopping light sticks at each other. So as like God that's intended. that's just how that was done. As God intended. Um so the the thing about all of that is like it was fine then and it was magical in its time, but when you take a you take a twelve year old kid. You set them down in front of that movie. You take a 14-year-old, a 16-year-old, an 18-year-old. You set them down in front of that movie. Let me tell you, Dave, from experience, I will tell you, they are bored. It's boring. They don't like it because it can't compete with modern film in every way, in script writing, in directing, in style, in investment, all that stuff. And I'm as this... Poor parenting. It's the children who are wrong, not me. Uh, so, yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. on your part. <laughs> so 
moving <laughs> moving forward if they want to keep building on this universe which the heart of it is this original trilogy they're gonna need to be able to capture an audience with like the origin of all these legends with these stories and i think the way to do that is to retell these stories for a modern audience um and that's not a new thing that we've done. We've taken movies that were done a long time ago, redone them for modern audiences, and they haven't necessarily been bad. Um, we also know they're going to keep using these characters, and it's going to start to get kind of macabre. At a, like, it's already getting there, right? Like, it's a little weird when they're bringing Carrie Fisher in after she's passed. Um, Harrison Ford is a very old man who keeps breaking his legs, and. And Mark Hamill, God love him, uh, is not immortal. How they're, dare you? <laughs> they're taking these people's faces and they're plastering them digitally onto these people's bodies. And it's going to be, I don't want them, once those people, have, I don't even like it when they do it now. I think it's kind of messed up. Like, those were the people who played those roles. Using their faces in that way is strange. And I think, why not give a new generation of actors an opportunity to fill these roles and make it their own as well? There's ways in which now we can look back at Luke and think, you know what, maybe maybe from the start he would have been a little different. Now that we know everything that we know. Maybe Leia would have been a little different. Maybe Han could be approached a little differently. Maybe we could also, what if we got that third, what if we got that return of the Jedi that we should have gotten? You know, no teddy bear party. Luke walking off into the sunset. Han dead. Leia saddled with the rebellion. That as an as a cat, that'd be worth it right there. But you gotta you gotta do it all over again to make that happen. Damn it, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> well, and my argument is that if you're gonna do it, you have some actors in place to make it happen. You have Ian McGregor as Obi Wan. You have Hayden Christensen growing into the Darth Vader role. You have uh, you have the Lars family still hanging around, right? They're still there. Um, and so I think Still you have that painted the roof, even right? I mean, you, uh, you have the, I mean, you have, you have the emperor who doesn't matter how old he looks because he, <laughs> true. And so I mean, he's still around. I mean, so, I mean, yeah, you have some players in place. And so you're recasting these roles. There's yeah. So Luke, Carrie Fisher, you're going to have to recast, but pfft, Boba Fett doesn't matter. He's under the helmet anyways. You can still use the same guy as Boba Fett. Plus, um, now we kind of retconned who Boba Fett is as a person. Do we see? And people love him. When they when they cast Boba Fett originally, they didn't think everyone was going to love Boba Fett. Um, so, like, maybe this is an opportunity to rethink who he is in those movies. It's, it's just an opportunity to capitalize on what we know now and to build in a way that maybe we couldn't before. Hmm? Yeah. yeah, but if they reboot it, they're just gonna like clean slate the whole universe. I don't. I, I, don't, I don't think they have. To. No, I don't think you do. You don't need to. You just keep the same story and build it into the. You, you just tie it into everything that's happened. Maybe even better. Mm-hmm. No, nah, I'm really not buying it. Because you're like you just said. You know, Han's dead. No, no, no. That's at no, no. Sorry, that's at the end of the final movie. Movie six. So, originally, so then how does Han, well then how do Han and Leia have what's his face whiny emo boy? Well, you you have to discount all the sequels. You would, but okay. So what I just heard is we're going to wipe the entire core 
No, the sequels, of- not the prequels. The sequels. Okay, wait a second. You're going to keep that pile of talk. Well, th- yeah, because that's that. If the pre as bad as the prequels may have been, the story that it told was very important and was really relevant. Now you could remake it again, tell the exact same story. I'd be oh. Well, we're already talking about remaking something yeah. and telling the exact same story, so we're definitely getting rid of this steaming. If we're going to take this interesting point, start at episode one and just go, and just so, go. I mean, you know what? If you if you would. If you would do that, I would be on board because that means that you, you, I would be taking away three really good movies to redo six shit shows. You know, well, I well, the problem with redoing the prequels was that I mean, Ewan McGregor is not as young as he was then either. Neither you can find so. another. Another yeah, wonderfully charming man. But, but it's the fine. Whole, the whole point of this is to establish a new level of continuity. You want to keep what you have available for continuity now, mm-hmm. and uh, and then you just reshoot the original trilogy and be done with it. Yeah, right. And yeah, tie it in and. So what, what, no, what, what, I'm not. I'm not giving. No, I'm not giving these three up. If we're keeping this other crap around it, that's not oh, happening. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I have like bargaining power here. But anyways, my, my biggest question, my, my question then is to hear back to Tyler what you said about Return of the Jedi. Mm. You're fine. I could do without the Ewoks. That was just to sell plush toys. It was just the the first version of Jar Jar Binks, as far as I was concerned. What, what were you talking about? Han being dead at the end of that? So, um, this is something I never knew. Han to die instead of coming out of the carbonite. So it adds a level of tragedy. Um, and it, it's hard to do that, obviously, with him having an actual role in Force Awakens and a role, I think, in Kylo Ren's development. I don't know that we're happy with the, how that goes, but like that is what happens. Um, so I don't know if that's, that is something that could be done. We do know that Luke walks off into the sunset. That's still doable with him, like, kind of dis. He, they already kind of retcon him into doing that with him, like, running off. Starting the temple, it falls apart, and then he really becomes a hermit. Um, and Leia sort of is saddled with things at the start of the sequel trilogy, anyway. After the or we no, could go public. and make the expanded universe stuff like we should have done in the first place. You mean Thrawn? Well, well so, so 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 there. You know, if Han dies in the Carbonite, that's fine. You end Return of the Jedi the same way you ended Revenge of the Sith with Leia standing there pregnant with hmm. Han's twin children, yeah. Jason and Jaina, and you move <laughs> into the next set. Yeah. See, we, we could so do you're proposing a complete wipe of the sequel trilogy. I just want oh, justice for John Boyega, so we can recast him. <laughs> recast him, that's fine. But oh, oh my god, whether we do anything with the original trilogy or not, Seven, eight, nine. Yeah, you, you can just take them off the plate. As far yeah, as where, where, where? Those are those are definitely not happening. Where yeah. those that those could be just be, redone. The fans already want those rebooted. Where those? Someone please burn them and redo them. Yeah. You can have the same actors doing other things, but I mean, yeah, I'm not blaming the actors for it. We're just, whatever. The, the we're just is, stop playing the trilogy game and just keep rolling new movies out so you can continue a different storyline so we don't have to go from we okay 
the previous movie, we just crashed the big galactic empire and the very next movie. Oh wait, they're really not destroyed. They're still here again. Somehow well, the, the emperor is alive. Yeah. Yeah. What, <laughs> what the hell happened in between here? So, you know, I think we have to make a call. Do we, do we just, the other thing, the other possibility is yes, we can go. If we're going to continue talking about skywalkers and they become central, then we can, then we need, then I agree with Tyler. I think we need to reshoot the original trilogy. Otherwise, the Star Wars was meant in a lot of ways for kids. In a lot of ways, you're losing a, you're losing a young audience here with the original trilogy. If that's important, if toys are still important, if we still want to reach out, then we need to reshoot that. If we don't care about the Skywalker saga, then let's get away from that. Um, let's let's do something else. Let's do uh, let's focus on Elijah. Do we really want to keep just like doing things, saying it's canon, ripping it out, and then being not canon? Now we have like almost like a Star Wars multiverse thing. Why? And then We've been doing I get Star Trek for the last how many years here with stupid J.J. Abrams. Keep his ass away from this, and we'll be perfectly fine. <laughs> well, that was the problem to begin with. No, yeah. no. So this is what I think. Ah, Ooh, go ahead. Let's, let's, listening to um, you all pontificate. Um, <laughs> Love it. Tyler makes some interesting points. If Star Trek, Star Trek, I'm sorry, Star Wars were to go on, I don't think Star Wars should necessarily keep going. I think eventually it has to end sometime, and. Uh, yes, it's still a cash cow for Disney, but eventually you're going to be running out of stories to tell. And to me, the, the original three movies, I saw them as a child. Yes, they are a product of their time. Yes, they have their flaws. But even with their imperfections and flaws, they still have value. Um, and if you recreate those three movies... You know, I am going to take it as a slight against my childhood. Um, I don't think anytime we've seen reboots of other franchises, the success rate has not been all that good. Battlestar Galactica, uh, just saying. That, that was a TV show. But if <laughs> we're talking movie franchise. Yeah, Spider Man. That was, but here's the thing: fighter superhero superhero genres are not the same as like Star Wars or Star Trek. You can right. keep doing superhero genres indefinitely. You just, you know, he's born in this present day. You don't have to go back. I mean, our superheroes superheroes go back to the 1930s. Um, Star, you know, Star Wars has been going for 50 years. Star Trek has been going on for longer. Um, Superheroes, you you can keep rebooting them, but uh, I, I think when you take, you don't, you don't, you don't do another um, uh, Mona Lisa or any other uh, work of art. You 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 know you appreciate it for its, you know its great art, and you you appreciate it that you know it has some flaws and perfections, and it's a product of its time, and that's what the the original three are, and. Uh, you'd be destroying something beautiful if you if you reboot them. 
Well, but you could you could relocate it to the place of legends, which is what they did with all the novels from that universe. Well, why would you do you can that? Call, we can call it now the original trilogy, the original legend. Yeah, but then you said a whole seat and, and Miles was, was go, went to where I was like kind of steering anyways, which is you can't just keep ripping things out and putting it because then you talk about macabre, but then we end up with this like Frankenstein monster thing because you keep trying to like build onto it and then you're like well this part over here doesn't work so i'm gonna pull this out we're gonna shove this other thing in but then that creates so many other problems so to me that's already happening with the sequels with mandalorian with uh, maybe they should have that series then Um, maybe some of them should have thought a little bit more thoroughly about what they were writing and what they were shooting out. But that's what's going to happen no matter what you do, right? Like maybe they should just stop. Like they're not going to stop. They make too much money. (laughs) Well, then we're just going to regulate it all to this is very interesting fan fiction. However, over here, (laughs) (laughs) are they really? Are they really creating a lot of? plot issues. I mean, Mandalorian takes place after Return of the Jedi. In that gap where nothing exists. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, there's plot issues because Grogu's been running around for 50 years, and where has he been in the midst of all these? But again, but as we found out, even through, I mean, even with a lot of the stuff, take it what you will from, from an actual realistic point of view. You watch the original Star Wars when they say in the original movies, when they're saying all the Jedi have been killed. Well, now how is that possible? Because we just, you come with the prequels, you see it's an entire order. Mathematically, it's not really that possible to eliminate all of these people at once. And we found that out because Obi-Wan's still alive from the very beginning. So if he's still around, and they clearly we find Yoda still that around. hard because right. he's on Tatooine. Right, so Tatooine hanging out in the desert. Yoda's sitting in a swamp the whole time. So right off the bat, in the original trilogies, we know two of them are alive. So if there's two, why can't there be a hundred who have escaped? Grogu's a child. He's easy to hide. If no one knows what his abilities are at the time and he's hidden well, okay. To me, that's not that big of a plot point because logically, it makes sense that it's plausible. Yeah, I have a bigger I have a bigger issue with them having Jedi in like the rebels and then I'm like, okay, so yeah. no one thought to say, Hey Luke Skywalker, we noticed you can do a little hand wavy thing and make stuff float around in the air. So can this again, guy maybe you should talk to each other. But but again, I, I still have no problem with that because at the time and and you gotta look at this as a time period. The Empire's taken over power not that long before Rebels comes into play. You're looking at, what, 10 years at the most between Revenge of the Sith and everything in between to New Hope? You don't have – it's not a a, a giant – You're definitely looking at about 20 years because Luke is definitely not 10. Okay, fine. Fine. There we go. Fine. 20 years even. Whatever. Okay. You have an entire galaxy – multiple planets across a span of these people that are hiding out. That's where they bring the Inquisitors in. 
when they're still hunting the ones they know escaped. Because Keenan was a child at Order 66. of the rebellion, and the rebellion knows about them, and the rebellion knows about Luke, surely Command Rebellion... Well, I don't know that I, I so I don't know that the rebellion knew about Luke because they because he was, didn't know about he, he was he was hidden. That was a pack between Yoda. Right. Um, and no, I, I'm people. saying that when Luke joined the rebellion, right. got it. They knew. Yeah. When there was another Jedi in the rebellion, they would have known. So why didn't? Command because, Rebellion say, I have two people, someone who was trained in the Force, and someone who, oh my god, could use the Force. I always Maybe got that, I I always got that the Rebellions up. are kind of like factions. But. They were, at the beginning. when, when it, During the time of, of Rebels, with Kanan and Ezra, you're, you're looking the at... End. <laughs> no, the they're episode. not the end. When Ezra disappears and Kanan dies, they're gone. That's- as the Rebellion is beginning to form. When Luke finally turned comes into his Jedi self, and the Empire and, and and Rebellion High Command, whoever knows he's a Jedi, there. When you finally have all of these Rebel factions uniting into one group, did you notice in the movies too? As Luke's Force power, as he grows in his power, so does Vader's knowledge of him and his obsession with finding him. Right. Which is why he's never that obsessed with Leia because she has never reached out and begun her Jedi training until as legends go after return of the Jedi after Vader's gone. Well, and I think somewhere in now, maybe I'm imagining it. Maybe wasn't there something in like the newer movies that yeah. talk about her training? Oh, yeah. yeah. There was. So I wasn't imagining it because I only watched yeah. it once and I was like, never again. I don't like this. Yeah, but, but all that took I, place after Return of the Jedi when Luke started training her. But what I was saying is I, I have more issue with them not having any sort of Jedis in the Rebellion in episode like five or six for Luke than I do Groot. Not Groot. <laughs> that's that's a completely different character. <laughs> Grogu wandering around the galaxy for 50 years as a baby. Like that's That was my point. I think it went down... So let me make so, my point. So, so, what, so what, what, you're, what you're saying is we should reboot the original trilogy so we can fix that. So there can be more no, Jedi running no, around. There's nothing to fix. You don't want more Jedi running around. <laughs> that had completely ruined the, the the impact of Order 66. Which I'm still convinced that there was an Order 67 or 65 that said like don't kill that. Anakin or kill Anakin, but that's not the point. Kenobi shows us that Order 66 doesn't really like it's not super effective. It's effective. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think to speak to, to Brian's point about childhood, I think the reason that I can say this is uh, honestly, I didn't grow up with Star Wars. You mean Miles, right? Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Miles. But we'll call oh, him no. Brian. That's your name, Miles. You're now Brian. Right. No. So Brian, Brian and Jen. <laughs> My name's changed now, too. Yeah. I, I know a guy named Brian Miles. That's where that's happening. So, yeah. Um, all right, so um, I didn't grow up with Star Wars. I, uh, Dave, it many I didn't things. see Star Wars till I was God, late teens, I think. Um, wasn't it like my parents weren't into it? My brothers had already moved out. You know, it was like a sixteen year difference. So, like, you know, they weren't well, showing. How old that stuff. are you? Like, how old are you right now? If you don't mind me asking, I'm going to be thirty seven in a few weeks here. Okay, so maybe that's the difference. Is my parents raised me right and showed me oh, Star Wars? Wow! <laughs> wow! So, 
I reemphasize <laughs> my point about parenting. What? Tyler is never coming back on the show again. So for me, I don't come to them with any kind of sentiment or nostalgia. I, I, I think I see them pretty clearly. Um, yeah, I'm coming at you there. Uh, I, I, I have no way. Those are fighting words. But, that's, but, but it's a legitimate point. Right, it is. I, I mean, it, 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 it really it, it is. Unfortunately, it, it's a legitimate point you make there. I mean, the, the, so my parents, my dad used to use the, the original trilogy VHS tapes as punishment for me if I really screwed up when sending me to my room didn't work anymore. Guess what? I lost my Star Wars movies for a week. Okay. You might as well just punch me in the chest. You just took the wind <laughs> right out of my sails there, Pop. Yeah. But, you know, th- that's uh, that, that's kind of how, how impactful it was for me as a child. Right. But even then, I it was still a good 30 years after they came out till I was at that point. Sure. But Hollywood hadn't really come that far during that period of time where it would have made a big difference to me. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, it's – it's one of those things where I, my, my biggest fear, and so you brought up Battlestar Galactica. That that was a great reboot. I mean, I, I grew up watching the, the original on on syndication every now and then when it was on. I own it on DVD, but it wasn't. It's not as iconic to do that. My biggest fear is if you're going to reboot something. My biggest fear is you're really just going to screw it up. That's a and real possibility. It's such it's such a possibility. They've already screwed well, it up. Well, they, they, you know, and depending on who, who they had at the helm now for the Star Wars movies coming out, I, I, eh, eh, keep Kathleen Kennedy six thousand miles away from this. Crap. Get John Favreau well, on it. Yeah. Get that Dave Fellini. We'll be good. Dave Fellini on them things. It, it would be it would be fun. I I I'd, I'd feel a lot better. But they love the original source material. And that's it. Exactly. And that's it. And and for me, as long as long as you are going to be true to the original source material, and you are going to tell the story as it originally it was intended, you can make your tweaks to cover your canon issues, however you feel you've got to. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I don't want to say I, I'm less hesitant to be opposed to it. <laughs> you know, so. It, if there's that, if, if if I know if you if I if you're comfortable, if I'm comfortable that that is, that right. would happen. So as in, you would want someone whom you really trust at the helm. That's kind of your main. Correct. Like, so because I, I, I yeah. uh, for me, my like youth, my, the IP of my youth is, is uh, Wheel of Time. It's uh, like a series of fantasy novels that I grew up with, and uh, Amazon recently started adapting that. And, Don't get um, me started. I wanted to love that first season so badly. And they really messed it up. They really, they really messed it up. Uh, they they really did. COVID did play a role with the ending there, and I, I am generous towards that. Um, but they they made a lot of mistakes, and I, I I came away from it at first very disappointed. And then I was thinking about it a lot, and I, and I realized like I will always have those books, and I will always have the experience that I have with them, and no one gets to take that away from me unless they you know start mind wiping. So. I get to have that forever until I'm gone, right? So I, I kind of, that's that's the attitude. That's how I made peace with what was happening to that property that like, 
I didn't care for what was going on is I realized, hey, at least I get to like see this interesting take on it. They're going to do some different stuff. I might not like it. There's a lot I didn't. There were a few things I did. And I at least get to see this new different take on it. And that's okay. The experience that I had originally doesn't end. It doesn't stop. It's not changed. It remains mine. And they never get to take it away from me. And I guess that's kind of like where I come to a lot of adaptations with now because it's kind of inevitable. Hollywood is a cannibal. Uh, so it will always keep remaking. They're already doing another Battlestar Galactica, guys. All right. They're never going to stop. Um, to be so, fair, that's a continuation of um, uh, the Ronald D. Moore's uh, uh, version. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. I also know they are doing a, uh, and anyway, there's a lot of reboots going on. Um, and I think they'll keep doing it. And I think um, ultimately we have to find some peace with that and instead find hope instead, uh, even in the face of like very real disappointment. <laughs> That's my, kind of my, know, they my managed final to like, make a prequel to the Dark Crystal that was actually really good. Yeah, I mean that does happen. And yeah. and Lord of the Ring, I will I will just say, Peter, like Lord of the Rings completely spoiled me for adaptations of books. So it can be like, done I, amazingly, right? And and ever since, and probably because it happened when I was in middle school, and so I have this expectation now set in my brain, my developed brain of when we do an adaptation, we're gonna do it right. God damn it. Right. Um, and I don't know that necessarily, like, because you talked about, you know, people, like, being bored or whatever, like, kids or stuff, but I don't know, because, and maybe I am weird, I will completely 100% admit, that, admit this, I have weird friends, but I mean, I grew up with friends who were obsessed, and I do mean obsessed with Gone with the Wind, and that is a movie from, like, the 30s, and people, and they sat through it, and they were, you know, fine, and they loved it. And that's a very old movie done in an old way. And one would say, you know, oh, well, maybe we should redo that because it's boring now. And I'm like, well, so. It, I, think it de- I think it depends on, I, I think it really depends on, do you want the original trilogy to have mass appeal? And if you want to have, if you want to take it out of the realm of nostalgia, which is kind of where it's at for me, um, you know, I have like, six different versions of the original trilogy because Lucas was kept, kept messing with it. But isn't that it. the problem? But Making the, things have mass appeal? But, well, but it isn't is... That it, things, it, isn't that when things get ruined? But that is what brought Star Wars to the forefront was its mass appeal. People watched a movie, got right back in line and watched it again and again because they loved it. It appealed to the masses in the 70s. And unless you could have it kind of have... That same sort of thing with a whole new generation. Yeah, it's going to be great for nostalgia and all. Dave and I will be talking about our old folks' home about it when we chase each other around in wheelchairs. But it won't. And that's but, how you do it. But, but, but no one's going to care. It's going to, it's going to, you know, fade into obscurity because, you know, it's well, like, oh, yeah. It's like, it's like, and I'm going to, you guys will hate me, Trek guys. It's like going back and watching the original Trek now. For me, I, I I just struggle to get through it. And I love the newer Trek. But for me, I look at it and saying this stuff's so dated. And I understand. I, 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 I understand. I understand why people love it. Right. It's just not for me. 
so so here's here's my other part to it here if we're talking about mass appeal in the 70s when the original trilogy came out look at what else was around then mass appeal for that at that time was what put it on the map because it was done well for the time it was done we have grown beyond that the, the, the name recognition alone has grown so far beyond that where I pick my daughter up from school, walk to the car line, and in the kids who are just walking home from school, especially at the beginning of the year when I was really kind of paying attention after Mandalorian and everything came out, I counted over a dozen Baby Yoda backpacks. Absolutely. The mass appeal is going to be there. Doing anything with the original trilogy, it, it, to me, honestly really would be would be more of a waste of time and, and resources when there is so much more to that universe that you can add to that you can expand to grow you could give me an, an entire series on the high republic era show me the height of the sith empire and how the jedi defeated them leading up to to the prequels as we know it Scrap the last three. You want to scrap movies and reboot? Scrap the last three movies. Start Preacher telling brother. me the new tales after Return of the Jedi and grow that out there. Bring Luke Skywalker into it. Hell, kill Luke Skywalker off if Mark Hamill gets too damn old. I, I don't care. But We're going to put ex- Mark Hamill on a protective bubble. He's not allowed you to can, die. <laughs> you, you, you have so much more room to expand. That to refocus to get mass appeal for the original trilogy that's what, 50 years old? It's be- it, it, To me, it'd be better to take my grandkids after they have another 40 years of Star Wars, that's of, of glorious Star Wars to come in that they're the in love with Star Wars and watching it. I'd be like, come here, kids. Come sit with Grandpa. You want to see where all this started? Let's sit and watch this. And they're going to be bored. They're going to go out and say, yeah, but you kids don't understand this <laughs> spawned all of this this is where it came from unchanged untouched in its pure <laughs> untouched saintly Lucasfilm goofy stuff no, we're talking about the original, original the original cuts yes <laughs> yes yes that's God intended <laughs> so God intended I, I can understand where you're coming from with that my my I guess almost last note on that is just I think it's inevitable. I think it's well, almost like right. yeah. no, we're, we're not talking about whether or not they will do it. I'm sure yeah. they will because it's whether they should do so it. My, my thing is my thing is exactly. since I already accept it will happen, my hope is they recast instead of this insane commitment to digitizing faces of people so, over onto young so actors. Really really this is just Star Wars therapy for you to help you accept what is coming? That is what it's I not therapy because again, I don't have the deep emotional connection to this that you do. If this happens to it, I'm like, eh, I'll go watch it. Like, yeah. oh, you're trying to stage an intervention for me. I'm so, nice of you. Yeah. I mean, game or uh, wheel of time already happened. I've already had my heart ripped out of my chest. So there's nothing left in there. There's no feelings. I'm just like, yeah, sure, whatever. Kill it welcome off. The, just welcome welcome to the kill the, the past. All right. Oh, I have been, I've been salty about Wheel of Time for months. However, I will say this: this is the only this is the only gift that terrible series gave me, which is I had been in a reading slump where I just didn't just didn't feel like doing it, and then I watched that first episode, like first couple episodes. I'm like, that's not how that happens, and yeah. so I was like, 
God damn, I have to go read this book. These books. Fourteen like, books later. <laughs> it was it was really it was really one of those things as I fell off the wagon and now all I've been doing is reading. So I will credit Amazon with that, which is they gave me back my love of reading. Apparently oh. Wheel of Time is just so my Amazon who runs your Kindle gave you your love of reading. How convenient for Amazon. <laughs> wow, no money in back. that at all. Actually, no, because all I've been doing is reading books from the library. So oh, okay. and from <laughs> from the free prime so jokes on them yeah. <laughs> um, yeah but yeah no it it was definitely like a gateway drug where i i picked up the first book and then yeah like 40 mm. books later and then i just started reading and reading and reading and i don't know why it kicked it off but it did so i guess i will forgive them for that so i i I, I, I got wheel of time back i get the whole i get the whole nostalgia thing that uh some of you are hanging on to with the original trilogy i i I really understand too kind of where tyler tyler you're making some pretty solid arguments as to you know you know dealing with this and and showing it like i remember when i first started teaching at penn matter 2001 2002 i showed star wars as a part of what I did in the 10th grade curriculum, you tried showing it last year, 20 years later, and it tanked. Like the kids were yep. bored. They wanted out. And I did not have that 20 years ago. So you guys see, you did worse than rebel without a cause. Yeah. And it's, it you is, can imagine it was less interesting than rebel without a cause, which I mean, Dean, Dean Martin's an engaging actor. You know, there's no one in star Wars. who's as good an actor as Dean Martin. Dean Martin is good, yeah. but it says something that with a modern young audience, like that's the reaction I'm getting to Star Wars. It worried me. It made me think, like, okay, this might be a problem. And yet, and yet these kids, yet these, and yet these kids, these kids that snooze fest in the original trilogy, you pop in episode one, and they're captured by the Padre scene, the Darth Maul scene. Jar Jar Binks is funny to them. I mean, they they love that. But what I heard is this new generation has no taste whatsoever. No, I'm well, just yes, saying. But yeah, yeah it's true, that. true. But These, beyond that, well, what I will also say is, um, I know you're. I, apparently, this is a podcast about hating on the sequels. Um, yes, it is. But, <laughs> you, you know it. One thing that I love about the sequels. The sequels. There, there's two <laughs> things I love about the sequels. The first is the character of Finn. I hate what they ended up doing with him, but I really loved him, especially in the first movie. Um, but the second is uh, lightsaber combat. I think like the way that they've made it visceral, they've made it very real, scary, exciting, colorful. Like that lightsaber fight at the end of Kenobi, amazing, right? Oh, fantastic. Uh, every lightsaber fight that Kylo Ren is in, amazing. It's all good. Like they finally figured it out because the the original trilogy, like they're working with a small budget and like combat choreography is just not a thing at that time. Not really. Um, the prequels, I love the little videos you can watch where they never actually try to hit each other. Um, I would challenge you that combat visuals is not a thing because if you watch some old black and white, like 1940s movies, they have some serious sense going on. There's a where that's on. the point, yeah, but it's not the point in, in Star Wars. It's not what they're It, sh- it should have been, but, you know. But they, I don't think they realized what was going to happen with lightsabers. You know what I mean? Like, they kind of didn't realize, oh, we've it's lightning in a bottle, just like with with uh, baby uh, Yoda, right? Like they didn't realize, and then suddenly they were like, "Manufacture everything!" Like, yeah, you know? exactly. Um, what do they think is going to happen? He's fucking adorable. Well, the, 
they certainly you know? did it by how long it took the first toys to come out after the yeah. first season of Mandalorian was. If they would have banked on that, you would have had them already sitting in warehouses. As soon as that show dropped, they Although were going to Although they did try to make those stupid yeah, the penguin things. things. Did not work. And it didn't, it's like fetch. Honey, that's yeah. never happening. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I guess like it did achieve some of those things and I, I would really love to see some of the things that we've achieved in terms of filmmaking and writing and acting. Cause like acting has come a long way, you know, right. um, the, the way that we make movies has come a long way. And I, I guess I'd like to see that applied to some of that stuff. And that's, well, you, you keep saying it's a long way. However, is it a long way or is it just the way that we do things right now? Cause as I sure. shared, I have been reading a lot of books and something that I very much noticed is the way that books were written and stories were told at certain points of history. I can very much like, I don't even have to look at the copyright date. I can just pick it up and go, well, this was written in the nineties or this was written in the eighties because of the way that the style was and is. And that doesn't mean that the modern style is better. The older style is better. People have these arguments. It's all it's all perspective, right? Like if we get down to it, there is no truth. There's only your opinion. And the only thing you know is that you and my opinion is so, right. <laughs> like, so, but like if we leave solipsism behind, uh, we, I mean, we have to, at least my opinion is that acting today in 2020 is typically of a higher quality than we would have gotten in 1978. Um, and I mean, it, 1978's acting was definitely better than, 30, 40 years before that, you know, pre, um, pre method and all that stuff, you know? Oh yeah. That was not good. Yeah. 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 Well, So I think we're gonna we're running a bit long here, but uh, we are. So we should. No, so we could we could continue the conversation uh, another episode, but uh, no. What I what I've heard is is I need to hang out with Tyler for like a good like evening with just him and I. Just need to have a an argument. This is gonna be fantastic. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. Well, that's why we bring him on to the show so we can have the argument while we're recording here. But, <laughs> Uh, but I did, Tyler. I do appreciate you coming on to talk about Star Wars, talk about the Patterson cut, and um, and just everything that was kind of uh, surrounding that. And uh, it was it was a good thing. So thank you so much for uh, joining us tonight. Appreciate yeah, thanks it. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Well, you, you know, guys, uh, well, you're all right. You know, we, we, you're we, all right. we will, we'll, we'll have to have you on again sometime. Um, but I think that's about it. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, when this drops, make sure you give us your own thoughts about the Patterson cut or about whether you think Tyler or, or Chrissy or Dave or Miles or I are, 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 or Brian is right. Right. So, um, so that, that we can, um, so that we can, uh, so that we can, uh, get your thoughts into the show as well. But thank you so much for joining us. And Miles, do you want to, uh, wrap us up? All right, till next time, good night and good luck. We'll see ya. Your tips on the table. Hey, go boldly. What is it? What does Tyler teach? English. Oh, English. Yeah. So I did a, I did like a whole marketing period on film and like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to do Star Wars. It's going to be awesome. These kids are going to love it. Cause these are like 12th graders who are on the way out. These are like the least engaged kids you can imagine. So I'm like, yes, yeah, sci-fi. Man, all they want to do is watch Transformers. Like, it's... <laughs> Which Transformers? It killed me.
Michael they killed Bay. me. Garbage. Michael okay, Bay. So, one. Okay, so you're gonna base your opinion about whether or not we should reboot Star Wars on a bunch of people who so, want to watch that. I know. So it's not just them. Like it's also me, and I'm like, I think I could enjoy it. So again, no like deep emotional connection, just a love of science fiction, right? But um, on top of that, that watching their reaction makes me worried. Like, oh, like. I, how much future does this thing have when, like, the audience can see, that would have once upon a time been the audience for this stuff is no longer the audience? Like, is the audience us? And if that's the case, like, is that a sustainable way to go forward, I think, from us? Well, I mean, eventually, despite my objections to death, I will eventually die. I know. <laughs> the world will mourn. And greatly. only then may they reboot Star Wars. Facts. You know, Facts. That will be in my will. Please notify Disney that they may now remake Star Wars because I am fast. That's what they're waiting for. That's right. That's I'd be really careful, though, if a multi-billion dollar business wants you dead because uh, that... <laughs> Pfizer. <laughs> yeah. Wow, now we're getting into all sorts of conspiracy. That's a whole other show. <laughs> <laughs>